yes, I did uh, bring my props that I do with the kids, and I'm going to do the kids' demonstration, and then we're going to do a little bit more. Okay. Thank you, for, thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence that you're here. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for joining on us with our walk to be more like Jesus, more into the, peop- the bride that you want to make us to be. And Lord, I set all of my gifts at your feet. I set my, my words out of my mouth, my tongue, and I open my heart to you. And I ask you to bless everybody with, a, with better visual learning, with creativity, and just basically open, your, open their hearts to your words. As I speak to them, also speak to them. Because there's more than one speaker up here. And so we're going to, amen, we're going to break into the actual thing. So I'm happy to be here. Um, Getting to speak on one of my two favorite subjects. My first favorite subject is worship. My second favorite subject is making a beautiful bride. So some of you know I teach the kids. Some of you know I also help with the sozos. So that's some of the stuff on my heart. And recently God has started me uh, taking some classes. And in one of our classes, we have come up with this awesome book. Um, Forgiveness by Rodney Hogue. Uh, he, this is one of the books we used for class. It's the s- smallest book we used for class. Um, he noticed in counseling and uh, ministering inner healing and deliverance with people that they were constantly needing to, or asking, why do I forgive? Why do I need to do this? How do I need to do this? They're asking all these questions. So he wrote the book, and he handed it out to people before they came to counseling. And then he decided that, you know, I think everybody needs this. So he pretty much handed a book to everybody in his congregation. And it cut down his counseling time. It cut down his inner healing time. It's cut down his deliverance time. It's smart ministry. (laughs) And when I read this book, it went into um, forgiveness a lot deeper than uh, I have actually seen before anywhere. I've, every time I listen to sermons that deal on inner healing or deliverance, there's a section on forgiveness. And then there's another class, and then there's a section on forgiveness. So I've heard... Oh, okay, it just doesn't work on there. Okay. So God is in the...
we learn how to forgive people. We learn uh, at the beginning of everything, we learn as a child. Uh, whether you had siblings or you didn't have siblings or your friends came over, you have a pile of toys, you play with your toys, uh, a fight breaks out, and mom or dad come and they go, okay, forgive each other, now hug and make up. That's how we're taught. And it works great with a child-level problem. It doesn't so work so great with adult-level problems. We grow up, our toys get bigger, our problems get bigger, other things get broken other than just toys. And this model that we have as a kid doesn't really work. So there's a lot of other things that go on. But let's first go down to the child-level idea. So when we are doing something, cutting vegetables in the kitchen, uh, yard work, um, anything, and you get a cut in your body, if this cut is a little bit more than just a scrape, most of the time the first thing you do is you go wash it off. You might get some rubbing alcohol or uh, peroxide, put it on the cut to clean the cut. You might even go for so far putting Neosporin on it. And you may actually do that and then run to the hospital to get stitches. Why do we do this? We do this to keep our cut from getting infected. You know, for the first few seconds of that cut, nothing's going to happen. But as soon as germs get in that cut, it starts getting infected. And the same thing happens with our hearts. Our hearts, when we're nice and young, our hearts are nice, beautiful, and pure. It's, you know, there's no cuts, no scrapes. We're whole. Now, there are exceptions, in, unfortunately, in this world, but most of the time, our hearts are nice and beautiful and pure. So, now for the kids' demonstration. This is Barbie. She gets to be our, I'm not going to pull anybody on stage to help me. She gets to be my helper today. So when we get, it, it, let's say she, in, she we're at school and she decides to call me names, push me down and start a fight. You know, for a kid that's actually quite hurtful. And so, she is the offender, and I am offended. I got hurt. A chain goes in my heart, a hook. I have a cut in my heart. It's not healed. And the demonic look for these beautiful chains. And they will attack her, and they will attack me. No matter if she moves to a different school, if she moves all the way around the world. So let's give some examples. Let's say uh, she's moved away and she gets saved. Hoo-hoo, she repented from her evil ways. She becomes free. I still get to play with all the demons. All that infection goes here, not on her. 
Jesus also gives me a solution. A little key called forgiveness. Yeah. Now, forgiveness frees my heart. It allows Jesus to come heal my heart. It's okay. Just leave it. It allows me to be free. And guess what? She still gets to deal with her problem. I don't have to deal with her problem. Because I am free now. My heart is being healed. You know, all the icky, nasty stuff, it's cleaned out. God is healing my heart. And one thing I heard at my last uh, SOZO basic training that I sat through is that sometimes our heart may have a scar. And that scar is similar to our memories. So what was our what was hurt to us our trauma uh that scar is there we can remember what happened but the pain is removed and that scar that you know it it's healed it's whole but the pain's gone sometimes god even heals the scar so you know but you'll still remember what happened but you'll have healed to do this a different way. So um, I chose the Amplified because it gave some fun numbers. Amplified has some um, neat things added to it. And we're going to start in 21. Then Peter came up to him. God wasn't doing math here. He wasn't saying that you can forgive them 490 times because we could count to 490. It's less than two years if they, you have to forgive them every day. He was, he didn't use the example like he did with Abraham of forgive him as many stars as you could count. I would assume some of the disciples would be going one, two, three. Or all the sands in the desert. Because people would pick up a cup of sand and going, okay, I forgive them this much. Um, That word, per historians, means for eternity. 70 times 7 equals, in their their popular language, would mean for eternity. That means you forgive every day as long as you need to. As long as you exist. And now for the parable, one of those that everybody doesn't like. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven.
Okay. He was unwilling, so he went out and put him in prison till he should pay his debt. When his fellow attendants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed. And they went and told everything that had taken place to their master. Then his master called him and said, You contemptible and wicked attendant, I forgave and canceled that great debt of yours because you begged me to. And should you have not and should you not have had pity and mercy on your fellow servant as I had pity and mercy on you? And then the wrath of his master turned over to the torture turned him over to the torturers till he should pay his debt, pay all that he owed. So yeah, he uh, owed ten million with his debt canceled, and then he pestered somebody about twenty bucks. That's a big difference. Now for the part that everybody doesn't like. Also, my heavenly Father will deal with every one of you who did not freely forgive your brother from your heart for his offenses. Interesting. The translations are different. (laughs) So... You know, this is very harsh words from Jesus. Not the thing you wanted him to say. And, uh, you know, you're like, okay, so offending is serious. Offense is serious. So what does it mean? The first thing we need to do is acknowledge we got offended. We got hurt. If we bottle up our offenses, it may look noble, But uh, the Lord showed me it's kind of having like a bottle of soda and everybody gets to shake it a little bit and then all of a sudden it spews all over the place. When, so it's okay to say, yes, I got offended. You acknowledged it. All it means is somebody hit your button. You've heard the phrase, they pushed my button. All it means is they pushed your button. Now, inner healing can help remove those buttons. But... Right now we're talking about offended, being offended and what to do with it. So being offended doesn't mean that somebody was right or wrong. This is one of the examples they use with the kids. Because somebody you might need to say, say uh, I forgive them did not do anything wrong. Uh, the example is, um, so you have a sports game. You're ready to go. It's like, you know, Friday night. But mom or dad has to work. Now, did mom or dad do anything wrong? No. They are trying to make sure you have food, clothing, shelter, and toys. Importantly, toys. I guess peanut butter and pizza would be also be important, too. But... The thing is, your fence it dangles. There's nobody on the other end. So it's okay to be offended and say, ooh, my heart hurt. They missed my, ba- my basketball game. They missed my football game. That hurt me. A good mom or dad might look at their kids and say, ooh, I hurt you. 
and, you know, deal with it. But sometimes, you know, especially with a single mom or a single dad, you don't necessarily have that, you know, I have to work, bye, and you don't get the chance to deal with that offense. And we can grow up with these. We could grow up with a lot of these. And it could wound us, and it can cause pain, a pain of uh, absentee father, absentee mother. It can cause um, pain of feeling isolated, alone, um, neglected, even though you had great, wonderful parents. I mean, you could have stellar, absolutely perfect parents, but things that can offend you can actually cause wounds. Also, forgiving somebody doesn't mean that the offense was deleted. It doesn't mean what the offender did was okay. So let's go back to um, Barbie and me. Um, okay. So I was just making sure I was careful with my notes. So Barbie committed a very serious offense. I chose to stay in the PGG range of what could be caused to throw Barbie in jail. So she did identity theft. She went out, she made credit cards in my name, she bought lots of money, bought lots of things, she bought a boat, she, um, she got thrown in jail for something and used her fake identity so it could cause me to have banks close all my credit, give me a bad credit score. I could get a warrant for my arrest for doing whatever she did. Um, there's also one thing where somebody declared themselves dead, trying to deal with a death certificate when you're alive. It could mess up your car insurance, health insurance, life insurance. It could mess up your medical because some, she used her ID to go get help and has the wrong blood type and has the wrong medical history and it get cross-referenced with our medical history. So it's a serious event. She needs to be thrown in jail. She needs to, you know, me forgiving her does not mean that what she did was okay. And one of the things that the book brought up, which was really interesting, is that when I say she owes me, she owes me all the time and all the money I spent to get my life back in order, all the counseling I had to do, all this. When I say she owes me, I'm standing between her and God. When you say, I'm going to take my vengeance out, you're telling God, okay, stand back. I'm taking care of this. This might be the difference whether she gets caught or not. This might be the court case, how well it goes. If it happens and I say, okay, God, I don't like it, but I'm going to forgive her. I let the king of justice come in. She gets to go to jail. What happens in jail is not, may not be what I want to be. It might not be the justice I was looking for. She might get saved. 
she might become free. And then you have two people, and this gets disposed of. Um, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of times when crimes are serious, it's really hard to deal with the punishment. Forgiveness does not mean we have to reconcile with our offender. You remember the little kids where you hug and you make up? Well, the makeup part is because that's your sibling. And you get to live with your sibling at least 18 years of your life. There are many reasons we may... Um, not being able to uh, reconcile with our offender or be able to even say, I forgive to our offender. Um, I can't say, I forgive you to my mom. I can't say, I forgive you to my grandparents. They've gone to be with the Lord. Um, there might be times where you just, you can't say, I forgive you to somebody that's alive but moved. They're out of your life. But you could say it to God. You could forgive, but you don't have to forgive the person. There's times that the offender is not interested. Let's say a divorce, a messy divorce. You're probably not going to reconcile that marriage. It'd be great if you could, but you may not reconcile it. Especially if the person you married got married. You're not going to restore, get, you're not going to get the marriage back if the person you married got married. <laughs> so there's, there's limitations on that. Also, there's times that you may not tell the person, you may not be wanting to do it because the person's unsafe. Um, there's a lot of other violent crimes that you're not going to feel safe talking to that offender. It might look good on the court camera, but you don't want to actually go to the offender and say, hey, look, I forgive you. It just is unsafe for you. It's cool. We could take it to God. All you have to do is it, be it all it needs to be is to be between you and God. And it's nice if you want to um, reconcile a relationship that you have, like restoring the uh, relationship with your family, restoring re relationship with your mom, your dad, your kids or extended family, or a friend you haven't seen in a long time. That's always a nice thing, and God loves it. But it's okay if you don't want to, or you shouldn't. Also, forgiving somebody does not mean you remove proper boundaries. Boundaries um, are there to protect us. I gave a sample boundary list up here with God and myself in the center. The next boundary, a spouse. Next boundary, children. Close friends, family. Everybody's boundary map is going to be different. 
I also included in the list there other friends, acquaintances, safe strangers, and unsafe strangers. Now, boundaries, and Danny Silk does a lot better job at this, but um, there are times to talk to safe strangers. When I came into this church, everybody was a safe stranger to me. And some of those went from safe strangers to acquaintances, to a friend, and to close friends. Unsafe strangers, you have to keep a little bit more distance with because something inside you is saying, ooh, that's unsafe. It's kind of like for your parents, if your child is standing in a grocery line and there's an unsafe stranger standing next to you, you probably don't want your kid talking to them. Safe strangers, you're like, okay, yeah, just don't bugger too much. Unsafe strangers, no. So you want to actually have boundaries that you have, and the same goes with people that offend you. Let's see. So my next example, this is Aunt Barbie. Um, every time she comes to our family get-togethers, she is inebriated. She uses really explicit swear words, and she tells things about her life that would be long on a rated R movie. And I might have a little bit of offense, but my biggest offense is that she did this in front of my kids. My kids that I don't allow to watch our movies. And I don't want them hearing what's going on with her life. So I can forgive her, but I need to set boundaries. Uh, some of the boundaries is might be um, that she could come over during Christmas dinner for two hours if she is sober and she behaves appropriately, and then I would explain what appropriate behavior is to her. Like, try to hold back the swear words, and we do not want to know certain parts of your life because my children do my children need to be protected. That's a healthy, healthy boundary. Um, I have different groups of friends. Some of my friends I know, I don't necessarily cuss and swear and stuff, but I know at their house, their level language at their house is G. I have other friends who have opinions that um, say anything you want. We'll help explain to kids later. And I'm like, ooh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> I'm not going to do it, but that's okay if they want to do it. That's, that's, that's their parenting style. Um, but I respect what they say. Um, Aunt Barbie may need love. She may need the Jesus inside me to be around her for two hours a year. And if she gets that love and learns that she doesn't have to be drunk to have fun, she may change. She may alter her life. Um, it's also an opportunity uh, for teaching your kids forgiveness. Let's say the reverse. So let's say the boundary is we go over to her house for a short period of time and visit, and we bring the kids with us. When things don't go well, we leave. We exit. And in the car on the way home, the whole family gets to protect, uh, 
the, holy fa- the whole family gets to learn to forgive. I forgive Aunt Barbie for saying all those mean things, for causing disruption. Jesus, go bless her. That's a wonderful thing to model to your kids. So the boundaries and people that don't, you know, fit and you have to forgive every year, sometimes it's a good thing. One thing that some of us don't want to do is sometimes we may need to forgive God. Like mom and dad, God didn't do anything wrong. So our hurt in our heart is between us and God. But we got hurt. Now, it may be that I felt that God didn't protect me. Maybe I got into a car accident and got hurt. That could make me feel that God didn't protect me. Maybe God gave me a promise. And that promise didn't get fulfilled when and how I wanted to. That can make me hurt. So there's times we may need to forgive God. And the hardest person to forgive is ourself. We know our mistakes. Some people don't know our mistakes, but we know our mistakes. We know when we mess up. We know when we fall flat on our face. So sometimes, you know, it's like, ooh, I did that. Ow, I need to forgive me. I need to give myself grace. Now, in a lot of cases, we might feel that they don't deserve forgiveness. You know, they just... You know, they don't deserve it. And that's absolutely true. They don't deserve it, and neither did we. Jesus gave us forgiveness. He provided enough forgiveness in the cross to forgive us. He provided enough forgiveness to forgive everybody that ever lived, ever will live, for the things they have done and the things they will do. Because he knows what you will do too. You just haven't got to that part of the book. Forgiveness is not natural. It's supernatural. Being able to forgive is a supernatural gift from God. Both believers and pre-believers can receive that gift. Um... There is a testimony they used about this girl that got traumatically violated and she did not want to forgive her offender, which was actually a family member. And she's like, no, no, I can't. I, I, I'm trying, but I can't. I, I forgive and I can't do that. So they told her to put your hand out, put your hands out, cup them together. Okay, ask Jesus. Jesus, pour your forgiveness for me into my hands. And she goes, oh, I see. Like It's kind of like liquid love poured into my hands. And it's overflowing. 
it's falling out of my hands. There's so much there that it's falling out. And then they asked her, do you think what's in your hands is enough for you? And she goes, yeah, I think it is. Do you think the extra that's falling over, do you think we could give that to the person? She says, I think I can. And then she was able to open her heart and forgive. And that girl got healing in her life. She was able to get from her stuck to her moving on. So if you run into a place where you feel stuck and you don't feel that you can forgive somebody, all you have to do is choose and ask. God, I need a little bit more forgiveness. This is not working. (laughs) I need to be able to move forward. So I need to be able to hand forgiveness on and not feel stuck in my place. And God will actually supply the mercy and grace to forgive. So one of the next questions, what happens if we don't forgive? Uh, The blessings that come from God start slowing down, possibly even stopping. So the blessings that cover the life, they could slow down to a trickle and then stop. And that, you know, is not very fun. Also, if you remember, we get to have tormentors. We get stuck with that chain and we get to get tormented. Um, Continual unforgiveness can bring in um, uh, blaming other people, accusing other people. And it could end up being a habit. You could get ill. You could get start resenting. And you could build a stronghold of bitterness. It just builds up and builds up. As that chain stays in your heart, it gets more and more infected. In the medical, when that infection gets so bad, it can actually be severe where you could lose limb. So your heart with an infection, you can actually close off and wall out part of your heart getting really, really upset. Or real, you can wall off your heart. And biblically, that's considered a stronghold. Um, I put some information up here. Um, it can affect your trust. It can affect your, you could be, uh, start being afraid. It could be part of a depression. And that bitterness can pass to your children and your grandchildren and affect them without them getting the original hurt. Once we're free, once we don't have that stronghold of bitterness, you could begin building a stronghold of compassion. Everybody sinned. We were all washed. We are all forgiven. We should, when you have that stronghold of compassion, you could see the offender with God's eyes and God's heart and God's compassion. One of the questions in, in the class was, how do you know that you've forgiven? That, you know, some people are like, I don't, I don't, how do I know I forgive? It's when 
you're able, that initial forgiveness frees you, but the stronghold of the compassion is when you're able to bless them. Um, I have an ex-husband, and there's times I'm like, okay, I forgive him, God. But there's one time that Holy Spirit says, we need to forgive him again. I'm like, okay, I thought I did that already. He's like, no, no, no. Okay, so I start, I forgive. And then he says, now bless him. So I gave him a blessing on him, his family, to make, um, because I didn't want him to, I, I dealt with, you know, justice. I've dealt with the wound. I dealt with that part, but I needed to bless him now. And I got to a point of that forgiveness, that stronghold of compassion that I could then bless. One of the fun things is that um, when you actually release, it not just exacts judgment, it doesn't just release what's bound, bind what's released, you know, the tormentors, but it gives God that opportunity to restore. Restoring, healing. Um, and I'm going to go into a few testimonies here. Um, the first one was um, is from Bobby Connor. Uh, he was uh, doing some ministry. He did a word of knowledge saying, hey, there's somebody that's been in an accident. God wants to heal you today. And he gave a specific part in the back, I think. And she came down. He goes, okay. And, ew, not healed yet. Okay. Um, I'm feeling forgiveness. What happened in the accident? Or not what happened. Did you forgive everybody? She goes, yeah, I forgave myself. I forgave God for not protecting me. He's like, did you forgive the other driver? She goes, there was no other driver. He's like, okay, that's weird. What happened in the accident? And I'm going to change the language here. She says, well, I was driving along a country road, and I hit a cow. She's like, he's like, ooh, that's strong language for a Christian woman. <laughs> and she was like, I didn't realize I felt that way about the cow. <laughs> he's like, well, did you forgive the cow? She goes, no, I never forgave the cow. <laughs> but guess what happened? She forgave the cow for being in the way, for helping with, you know, what they're part of the accident. And at that moment, she was healed. Healing just came. Her back, uh, what was going on in her back was, you know, freed, healed, replaced. You know, what a, I don't remember the whole story on that one, but she was free. Um, several weeks ago when I listened to the Sozo Basic training, um, there was a lady who had uh, three family members that she was holding unforgiveness to. And they were, uh, I don't remember exactly what they did. One was actually an alcoholic. Uh, another was living a life of crime. I don't remember what the third one was. But she went ahead and she forgave them. And then she heard back a few months later. The alcoholic was freed from alcohol. 
the one that was living the life of crime got arrested, got put in jail, and became a part of the jail ministries. He didn't just go to jail. He went to jail and he found God. And I don't remember what happened with the third one, but the third one also was restored. God restored her, but then he restored them. And from there, there was, you know, life on both sides. One of my personal stories of restoration that God pointed out was I was in college for the first time. I was 15 credits from graduation. For those that know what that means, that means about five classes. One semester. And I would be a graduate, had my degree. I had a friend who threatened my life. Um, I took the seriousness of what might happen and I took it to wise counsel, um, some teachers, some counselors, uh, the security at the school, my parents. And I felt I needed to leave for my own safety. Um, so I ran off from college, ended up um, staying with some parents somewhere else, not my parents, somebody else's parents. And just kind of let college glow, that one last semester, that home stretch. Later on, God got me in a back door for the music school of UNT. And I was able to finish my degree. It took longer. I actually learned more. And I had a degree, and people would, that know the school said, wait a minute, how'd you get in? So it's, it's one of those things of God restored my own college work after, oh, that's, I forgot that part. While I was staying there, God put on my heart that I needed to forgive him. And I said, okay, well, and I heard the scripture, uh, paraphrased, uh, Jesus on the cross saying, forgive them for they not know, know what they do. And I was like, yeah, he was definitely not knowing what he did. He was not in his right mind. So I said, okay, I forgive him. And I gave him for a game from the heart. Soon after that, I got into UNT. God took something and he restored it. He changed where my destination was going. Um, another interesting lady, uh, Dr. Ayako Horman, she is, she was uh, a, um, she basically studied the brain and how it works from a medical side. And she got in, she got saved and she got into doing healing and deliverance and uh, inner healing and stuff like that. And she had a young man that came into his office, her office. Um, he came in, he was in a motorized wheelchair, not the push along, but the motorized one. Uh, he was suffering from MS. And he was like, okay, I want healing. So they started, you know, talking. And she asked him, when did the problem start? And he was like, oh, it's been a while ago, you know. And he told kind of date. He's like, she was like, okay, so was there something traumatic that happened right before then? Like, you know, a few months. He goes, yeah. And she goes, okay, tell me the story. 
Um, his mom uh, said, told her son that uh, the neighborhood's looking dangerous. And she needed some help, and he's like, well, I can't be there, but here, have my gun so you can protect yourself. And within a month, she killed herself. It hurt. And she said, okay, let's forgive your mom. Okay, he forgave his mom. Still no change. Okay, let's forgive yourself. So it was really harder for him to forgive himself than his mom. But once he was able to forgive himself for loaning the gun, not doing anything, just loaning the gun, his MS went away. He was able to walk out of the office, and the next day he was playing tennis. So forgiveness can bring healing to the body, not just the heart. It could bring healing to others. It could bring healing to so many people. So, we're going to do clothes like uh, we, I've, I've seen other things do, so I'm going to try this. So, everybody, you could do it under your breath, breath or in your head, but don't listen to your neighbors. This is between you and God. Say, Holy Spirit, is there somebody I need to forgive? Okay, keep that name and the offense in your head because you don't want to share. Now you say, God, I forgive this person for the thing they did. And I release them to you. I ask you to take care of them however need be because I don't want that hurt anymore. Then just wait a little bit. And then ask Holy Spirit, come bring healing on my heart. Heal what was wounded. Heal what needs to be. And the Holy Spirit brought something that I should probably say. Sometimes who you need to forgive is not just a person or animal. Um, At one point, it brought on my heart to forgive the United States for the hurt that I learned from history, to forgive other churches for the hurt they bring. It really helps. It truly, truly helps. And God bless everybody. Give them an extra dose of forgiveness. Give them freedom. Teach them. Teach me too, because I need it too. Amen. Amen.